bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. We don't play nothing but real country music. Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... In the morning. Everybody's doing it. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. Second Baptist Bar and Grill for yet another week of pulling. Name and names and not giving a fuck. This is sidetracked on the Pulling Radio Network, powered all year long by Dirty Hooker Diesel. haven't figured already your discretion is advised you've been listening at all you already know Five-finger death punch bringing the show. Might be some five-finger death punch and radios going by the time we're done. Oh, there's going to be some fucking rants. People better hang out of their ass because I'm getting tired of the bullshit. You got some rants, some promotion, some tech knowledge. And if you don't like it, GTFO. Free country, you can change the station. But you'll never get us out of your ears. And that's why they call me. 
And again, they should know better. Podcast sponsored by Diesel Freak and Dirty Hooker Diesel. You're not going to get nothing but straight-ass shit. Pretty much. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Dirty Hooker Diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist at Harbor Beach. We're Michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related. Specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for Duramax, Cummins, and Powerstroke diesel engines. From custom-built transmissions and engines to CP3 pumps and injectors. Check them out at DirtyHookerDiesel.com. Hi, this is Tony Burke, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. We are a full-service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified, big or small. So give us a call, 989-479-0444. Dirty Hooker Diesel, the final authority on everything performance and replacement. And you're back with Sidetracked, a little uh, five-finger death punch to bring in the show, and we're coming back a little Wu-Tang Clan. Of course, why not? If we don't got style, I don't know who does. Nobody. Matter of fact. Yeah, and for those of you from saw me in Wisconsin, yes, this is yet another beer. No, I did not die after this past weekend. No, my liver as a trained professional is probably going to get the Nobel Peace Prize just because it works way too hard in keeping me civil. Get it done. (laughs) Oh, back to you in the second Baptist Bar and Grill, the Dirty Hooker Diesel Studios, and uh, did a little road trip. A little bit. You're going to hear about that a little later on, but uh, some technical knowledge. Some of you might find it boring, but I found it awesome. I learned way more than I thought I would while drinking beer. And I didn't even get into some of the questions I was going to ask, so. No, there's going to be follow-up to this yeah, one. There's, there's more. <coughs> so it's mm, official. Yeah. Lunch. Yeah, that was a good lunch. We got to talk to them about uh, maybe a sponsorship, sponsorship yeah. if, as far as food. Yep. They can feed us every week. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Especially because uh, I think we're going to be splitting duties between the Second Baptist Bar and Grill and... Uh, I don't know. We haven't named the new one yet. No, I've I got some ideas in my head, but they aren't. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> got to get approval, I see. No, just I haven't decided which one sounds cooler yet. <laughs> but uh, no, Armstead. Not only that, if they sponsor us, we can get hammered there and then walk to the studio. Better yet, they have golf carts. Just throwing that out there. YouTube famous. Yes. You know that's going to have to happen is we're going to have to get a PRN uh, or at least a sidetracked uh, golf cart. Okay. I think I can. We're going to have to anyway because of things that are going on. So, only vehicles. Good point. If Orchard Construction is listening, we really could use a (laughs) (laughs) side-by-side. Actually, I can't believe we haven't hit him up yet. He's been quiet lately. 
Too quiet. Too quiet. House is done. I keep waiting to see machinations. Done. There's no barn there yet. No barn? No barn yet. Mm-mm. I keep waiting. The garage is big enough. It is. It is. I think Renee would have a... I don't think that's going to fly. Have a shit fit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you're toning back because we really don't give a fuck anymore about our language. Oh, that's right. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> That's right, viewer discretion is advised because Sidetracked has gone off the chain. And, yeah, we don't care anymore. This is our show. We're going to do what we want. Uh, We're not FCC regulated, so who gives a shit? And uh, we already live in the basement at Pulling Radio Network, so it's not like we're going to get up any higher than what we are already. And Uncle Zeke and Dave Foltz share the studio or the basement with us along with the menagerie of rats. And I think I saw a possum yesterday. I wasn't sure. Last time I checked, it was my show. I don't give a damn. <laughs> That's the way it is. <coughs> yeah, I've had more cigarettes today than I have had. And, well, I can't say that because they got to see firsthand <laughs> in Wisconsin <laughs> how much I smoke. It's pretty bad. I got people out in the crowd uh, that uh, were giving me uh, cigarettes. And uh, shout out to Bill and his brother and his girlfriend. Uh, Great people I got to party with. And if you were out in Wisconsin and you stayed for the after party, you got to watch Armstead make a complete ass out of himself, singing karaoke and dancing. So, you want to do it now? Yeah. Actually, I had a blast. I had women actually pull me out on the dance floor, which are, which is the dance patch of grass because nobody else was out dancing. And I just really didn't give a shit. I was a case of half a beer in. <laughs> time I finish this fucking thing, I'll be out of a job. Oh, that's the story of our lives. Oh, and I see a two-year-old having a meltdown. Fucking thing sucks! Yep, my two-year-old's broke, and if I remember right, according to James Grossman, it's a 28-millimeter wrench you use to fix them. It's 28-millimeter? <laughs> They're metric. Ah, kids are metric. <laughs> yeah, didn't you know that? No. That's what... After about 88, 89 at that changeover year, you know, GM did it the same way, so... GM, yeah. Ford, Chrysler all kind of went to more metrics. So. Oh, I'm too old, I guess, then. Maybe it would help you with Tanya st- if you would have known still that. Still SAE. <laughs> I'm that crossover here, so I got a mix of both. Mm. That's right, it sucks. Yep. <laughs> so as far as news, you know what? Pulling's getting started. Of course, great weekend of pulling up in Richland Center, Wisconsin. Saw some antique pulling going on over there. Uh, Gaze Mills, of course, back here. Uh, our Eastern Division covered uh, Celine for us. Farm Celine Fest Michigan. with Michigan Tractor Pullers. Light turnout. I think too many people out farming because the weather was gorgeous. Yeah. No, it was perfect weather. We Hell, on our way back from Ed's here, uh, we got to see a lot of uh, equipment out in the fields yeah. planting. Finally, it's dried out enough. Yep. So now it's a mad rush till about Father's Day weekend, and then we're going to see a taper off because that's about the Tail end, you can get corn in around here. You'll see beans maybe run to the end of June for late beans, but that's about it. Yeah. I haven't really seen too many people out on planting corn yet. Seen some bean you know, drills out, but. Yeah, no, a lot of beans going in. They're going to push hard and then uh, hopefully not have to mud in the corn. Of course, we're talking rain in the forecast for today, which is actually yesterday when we recorded, but. Take it as it comes. It's part of life. But we got pulling action coming up this weekend. Yes, we do. Uh, test and tune uh, Saturday and Sunday for Mid Michigan Mini Tractor Pullers up in Snover, Michigan. Uh, 
at the Gertzenberger household. So uh, two days there, and then, uh, of course, uh, just across the border in the Great White North, or to the south, actually, about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, down in Tilbury, our good buddy uh, Rob and Richard Bonneau and Randy and... Uh, why can't I think of the mom's name? I've got her on Facebook. She's a sweetheart. But, uh, of course, but the Bonneau family, we'll call it that. Uh, of course, uh, going to be kicking off uh, the Essex-Kent Garden Tractor season on Sunday. So uh, make sure you get down there. You know, you never know where Armstead's going to show up. I know I'm going to be at least at the Mid-Michigan Mini for this weekend. But have truck will travel. There you go. So, uh, let's see. I got to get my phone fired up for birthdays, don't I? Because we don't have any obituaries. It's a good thing. But we do have a couple prayer requests. One, of course, our uh, good friend Jesse Dawson, coming out of Kentucky with the Kentucky Pillars Report, was in an accident uh, this past week, Uh, is out of the hospital, and uh, I know he's probably a little sore, but uh, at least out and doing good. And another one, our good friend Alan Gaines. Uh, Most people know him by uh, a couple, yeah, I guess... uh, lightly known trucks yeah i mean nobody's ever heard of you know orange blossom special no no not one bit but in a pretty nasty looking uh dump truck accident yesterday he got beat up pretty bad so thoughts and prayers to absolutely so uh let's see we did yesterday's today or today's last week yeah which is thursday so timey wimey yep whatever we don't give a crap all right for tomorrow i got one uh mr josh baker uh Part-time uh, street legal truck puller up here in Michigan, turning 28 years old. Happy birthday to him. Say it, I got nothing. Nothing? Well, we do have some for Friday. Yes. Why don't you hit the first one? Because the second one will be mad if I don't do it for him. So. Well, the first one I've got actually is uh, with uh, United Polar Car- Actually, I'm, I don't know if he's with United Polar Carolinas. NTPA East, let's put it that way. <laughs> Out in the Carolinas, Nikki Freeman, tech official for NTPA. Happy birthday to him. Well, Mr. Keith Ford, our good photography friend, uh, you haven't got a chance to meet him yet. No. But uh, great guy. Got to meet him down in Bowling Green. He's turning 34 years old. Happy birthday to him. Oh, we got a bunch for Friday. Yeah, we Shoot. Do. Holy cow. Wow. It just keeps going and going and going. All right. Next one on the docket is our great friend. Yeah. Ms. Amber Graver. Indeed. Happy birthday to her. Yep. 28 uh, again. Yep. Absolutely. And... Uh, Let's see. Also on Fridays, there's that tri whatever, trisexual diesel class or whatever. Wow, he's a big boy. He's gonna kick your ass. He is a very big boy, but there's a little bit of a distance. So, <laughs> no, our good friend Joe Rose, happy birthday to him. Let's see, uh, Mr. Jason Owens, turning forty-five years old. Both of them. Yeah. Um. Next I got is Saturday, so. Saturday, I got to do, 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 Saturday, Tim Shipley is 31. Yep. Uh, Miss uh, Mary Womble for the Wampus Cat. Uh, yep. Turning uh, 28, so happy birthday to her. Then our good friend, not a puller, but uh, a good buddy of ours down at Fleece Performance, Mr. Scott Shepard, turning 48, happy birthday to him. Uh, Sunday, I think we can skip that one. There's oh, several mi- on Sunday. Mi- yep, Miss uh, Devin Drury. Yep, another connection at Fleece. Well, she, well, John, but John, but she's the better looking of that pair. Uh, we yeah, know that. yeah. You know, so happy uh, birthday to 
Devin. I always always have a blast when we get to see her. She's always, I don't think I've ever seen her mad or upset about anything. No. She's just always in a good mood. Go with the flow. and Yeah, both both her and John, good people. Oh, well, I won't go that far. I got to say that. He's my bae. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy birthday to Devin. Erica Gremmel, uh guess could say uh, up-and-coming uh, mini-puller. Uh, of course, uh, Andrew, of course, I'm drawing his blast at Farner. Uh, owner of that sweet-looking Ford inline-six mini-rod. I don't know if you've seen pictures of no. it. It's it's a mean-sounding track. Is that here in Michigan? Yeah, yeah. Any, no, relation, to, any relation to Charlie Farner? Probably. Yeah. But uh, happy birthday to uh, her. Then uh, Mr. Brant Sullivan. Yep. Small small name, you know, not, not, not a, a well-known name. Nah, nobody knows that family. Turning 22. That's so cute. Holy cow. It just keeps going it for keeps Sunday. Going forever. Uh, you want to hit the next one? Mr. Jerry Mosner is turning 63. Jerry, you don't look a day under 78. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. He does it to himself, too. I love his post yes, about does. him. He does. You know, become a truck driver. I feel great for... <laughs> 34. <laughs> Mr. Scott Buller turning 52. Happy birthday to him. Um, I think he's from Missouri. Missouri native Dylan Oliver, who has a lot of... He does a lot of announcing. He's he's real big on the demolition derby side of things, but he's, he's pretty heavy on the pulling side stuff. And oh, by the way, Dylan, I do owe you a phone call this week because I do have a U-Matic deck arriving so we can take care of that thing. Oh, sweet. Cool. Then, uh, of course, also Sunday, uh, Mr. Travis Trent turning 35 years old. So happy birthday to Travis. Kind of your sheet metal go-to guy lately. Yeah, yeah I've been doing a lot. And there's probably one more I should mention. Ah, we can skip that one. Yeah. No. I don't have to live with her. I do. So happy <laughs> birthday to Tanya Kane, who helps us out so very much behind the scenes at a lot of events that we we go to. Uh, she makes things happen that... We probably couldn't. Otherwise. You know what? Both them King girls do. Both of them, yeah. Her and her sister Michelle, but yeah. That one's more dedicated to you than me. I know. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Turn in how? Let's see here. Uh, oh, it doesn't say, but I can do the math. Yeah, I don't. I, how I don't, old are you? <laughs> I got to think about that. 39, I think. Yeah, because you're 10 years older than me and. She's years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, if you can pull it off. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right, on Monday. I've got a couple for Monday, actually. Oh, wow, I got a bunch for Monday. Yeah. What a, gosh, wow, we're getting the, dang near that whole clan uh, knocked out there. Yes, we are. But uh, first up, Mr. Brody Smith turning 40 years old. Uh, man of Allison. Uh, uh, he's half as old as his engines. <laughs> No, hopefully see Brody back out yeah. more. I know he's been busting his ass, raising his kids, and being a crane operator. So yeah, he's a one man band as far as the mod goes too. So it's yeah, yep. it's when one time allows. And uh, also on Monday, uh, yeah, we can skip that kid. He don't listen anyways. Nope. I'm trying to see if we got anybody else to figure it, fill in. Yeah, we do. Mr. Dan Hartwick turning 36 years old. Yep. And also across the pond, also turning 36, is Rudy Lindhorst, who okay, yeah, he, he occasionally contributes to PRN, but yep. uh, he, he does a lot of really cool media stuff over there covering all the latest on the European front. Also, uh, Mr. Jeff Gravert, the hitchhiker himself, turning 43 years old. Pip hat! Right? 
And, uh, yeah, I got to give a shout out. My uh, middle brother, Alex, turning 27. So happy birthday to him. Let's see. On Tuesday, Mr. Bill Casey turning 28 years old. Yep. Keith Horse is 39. That's all I got for that. Bobby Birdsong, 63. Ed Boyer is 73. Oh, you got Mr. Ed himself. Mr. Ed himself. Uh, let's see. All the rest I've got is for uh, next week. So, And then on Wednesday, I uh, haven't seen him in a few years, but um, Michigan uh, diesel truck puller Jeff Shea is 33. He, he still exists? Well, he's out there. I, <laughs> I haven't seen him pull, gosh, I think ugly probably f- got to be four years ago now. Three years. No, three years ago was the last time I think I saw him. So, happy birthday to anybody we missed. And uh, get a hold of us. If you can't figure out how by now, I don't give a fuck. And uh, just let us know if you want us to give a birthday shout out to somebody. So, happy birthday to anybody we missed. And uh, we'll be back after these commercial messages. What the fuck does that mean? Vulcan Products LLC is a full-service CNC machine shop located in Galleon, Ohio. Since its inception in the 1940s, Vulcan Products has been committed to providing high-quality parts, consultation, service, and value to its customers. We serve industries from telecommunications to high-performance automotive and everything in between. We use live tooling and multi-axis machining. Many jobs can be completed in one operation, providing a savings to the customer. In addition to a fully equipped line of CNC machines, we maintain a full set of manual lathes, mills, grinders, and screw machines. We can apply special finishes, plating, or heat treating to your order. We guarantee satisfaction from the beginning to the end of the manufacturing process, no matter how detailed. Vulcan Products LLC is proud to be ISO 9001 certified and committed to producing quality parts made to your specifications. For more information, go to VulcanProducts.net. And for news, updates, and images of completed projects, find us on Facebook. All right, and we're just going to start us off, but you you done fucking around for a little bit? Do it live! We'll do it live! Fuck it! And we're back with Sidetrack, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel, uh, your Duramax specialist. And uh, today we got Ed Schubert back on with us. Uh, Probably our most most reoccurring guest we've had. And, of course, we're going to touch one of our... Favorite topics, uh, light limited super stocks, but then we're going to get a little technical with you here today because, well, we've been needing to do that with the show. So, Ed, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Andrew? Pretty good. Uh, we're not in the Second Baptist Bar and Grill today. No, we are not. We're at the home of ES Motorsports. Much more fun place to be. Yeah, I mean, might sound a little echoey, but it's I don't care because we're sitting next to a light limited super stock. <laughs> and a sharp... Uh, Chevrolet powered Ford, so it's it's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. So, what do you got on the schedule for us this year? I see uh, some more sponsors on there. I see uh, looks to be a couple more events for this year. Yeah, there is. Uh, All together, there's fourteen polls that represents fifty one thousand two hundred fifty dollar purse money that's dedicated towards the class. Which is it? This whole thing has come along. This is the third year. Um, I don't know, the history behind it was about three years ago. We had a couple guests that came up from Kentucky and pulled. And um, 
I asked them why they picked that pole. It wasn't a real good paying pole. The track wasn't really good. And you could have teamed that up with uh, some other poles that were close in date, and that would give them an opportunity to, um, you know, pull a couple times. So my question to them was, if I put together something, would it benefit them, and would they consider traveling and coming up different, you know, Michigan, of course, or Canada or whatnot? And um, their response was, yeah, they would. They were interested in that. Um, and it went from there. I, I don't, I, I don't recall last year. Yes, I do. It was um, thirty-two thousand dollars dedicated purse last year, and we picked up. We picked up some uh, some additional poles. Tipton, Indiana, during their fair. That's a two-day, um, up and above what we had last year. And um, we've of course picked up Sandusky, Michigan, um, which is um, right after the Armada fair. So really, we it, the whole thing starts off in uh, in June, uh, a double pole in in Canada, which represents about uh, eight thousand bucks dedicated. Um, that is U.S. dollars. Don't worry. Yes, it is. Yeah. US dollars. yeah, yeah. And then, of course, in July, we've got Tipton the the two day pull at their fair, Tipton, Indiana, um, which is geographically in a, in a great spot. I mean, it it's just north of Kentucky, and anybody from Michigan, Wisconsin, can uh, head down. It's kind of like centrally located. Really pleased with that geographic location. And then, of course, uh, first part of August, we got. Um, back-to-back poles in new york little valley and in langford and that's um that's about that's a nine thousand dollar weekend and then uh we've got uh three that are almost back-to-back um in ohio we lost one which uh, we didn't really lose it the gentleman that took care of it has passed passed away and uh, nobody on the fair board knew what was going on, and th- we'll be back there again next year, but this year everything, contracts were signed and whatnot. And then, of course, the two days in Armada, um, which is uh, August 19th, 20th, and then followed by that, um, Sandusky, Michigan, on the 21st. So there's three pulls right there in, in a three-day period. And then, of course, it moves to uh, Wisconsin. For uh, Scott Spiegelberg's uh Poles, um, and then uh, John Anderson and Monroe, and then um, back to Tipton, Indiana, in September. So it, it's a it's a full schedule, and it's it's certainly, you know, there are people that want to, you know, follow the whole thing, and there's some people geographically can't. But I mean, even if you took like um, Ontario, if you did New York, and you did Michigan, you're talking. A dedicated purse of uh, $23,000. So, I mean, it's not shabby for something that's really kind of not sanctioned. And um, the weight for this, now, by the way, the, the schedule is in the hook magazine on the back cover. Um, I didn't have my issue of the hook, but I got some phone calls yesterday and some questions pertaining to it. But, um, yeah, and it, it will be on pull-off. I don't know exactly when. The 16 schedule is still there, and he has... He, meaning Jake Morgan, has got the information to put the 17 there, and I'm sure he's busy, and when he gets a chance, it'll it'll go there. So when you see it on the forum, just click on it, and you'll see the entire schedule. And I'd like to thank our our sponsors. Some Pico Oil is one. Uh, Steiner Tractor is another, and uh, the pulling um, 
Radio Network. I'd really like to thank you guys for uh, allowing me to uh, talk about this. Um, well, we, we figured it was the least we could do, considering we have you on talking about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an ongoing subject. Um, but, um, again, this is probably a little more involved than what I ever imagined. But somebody has to do it, and I, I think it's a good thing. And it, it's, um, you know, it, it, we are using the 6250 weight, and we are using the national rules. There is one exception. Um, John Anderson at Monroe, um, he has an exception to the turbocharged rule on the on the diesels, and that would be a person that you'd want to call and find out exactly what he's allowing, what what he isn't allowing. But I'll, I'll it's always got to be one. It's uh, the national rules, and I'd like to thank Andrew. I'd like to thank you guys for um, you know the help you did when we were doing the national rules, because without that. Um, the in people envisioned that we would all meet at a motel someplace and uh, and go over and do rules and it would probably be a full day well <laughs> yeah that, that, yeah that, that's that quickly uh, dis disappeared <laughs> quick i think what we had uh five days of uh phone calls at least and... oh i think it was more than five days but it was saturdays and the dedication of people that uh that called and and were on board with that and, and all so i know is so it forth. got to be uh way too early in the morning to be getting that technical on stuff as we were starting at what 9 a.m to go through them and yeah it's usually from 9 to 12 but we did get through them and and without um you know without the help of the studio and the call in of um being able to do numerous phone calls at one time um that would have been impossible to do and i, I think a lot of people even when they were canvassed to uh, be involved with the rules, I, I didn't, I think some of them said, yeah, well, let us know when, uh, when you got them done, you know, because I didn't think that they thought it was even possible to do what we did in a short period of time. Don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> exactly. Helps if you turn your microphone around. First time on the job. There you go. Now, now give that a try. I bet That's you. better. There you go. boy. <laughs> it was falling down. I kept getting lower and lower and lower. <laughs> I was going to peel this thing apart. Eh, I better move that. <laughs> but no, light limited super stock schedule. Of course, you can hear Charles and I announcing quite a few of the polls this year. We're not going to make the full tour, unfortunately, but... Uh, Hopefully, as we keep doing it, we get to do more because I know I I really enjoy being able to do that class because we've done it enough. It's yeah. We don't have to look at the roster anymore and go, okay, who's up next? No. Where is he from? No, it's just become very repetitive. And, you know, it's kind of nice just to be able to stand down there, do your little spiel, and go from there. Yeah, I have that familiarity to know what's going on and what the program is for everybody. So it's good. You we've know. Uh, we've gotten a lot of um, positive feedback from you guys or about you guys that you know the technical stuff. I I think uh, I got a lot of favorable comments fed back from um, Langford, New York, that you guys knew what engines were in the tractors, and that really kind of um, helped the audience um, with. And, and people like to know, you know, is that a Waukesha? Is that a Cummings? And what what engine are they running and so on and so forth so th that was really really good and i think it helps that 
you got one person in the announcer stand and the other person is on the ground. And, and I, I think that's in some of the dead areas where you're interviewing uh, some of the drivers and stuff like that, I, I think that's that those are good things. Yeah, well, yeah, Little Valley was one where we really first started pushing the driver interviews. Yeah. And, you know, that's what made it fun is we were actually able to uh, kill a lot of dead time we had when the ox sled broke, so. Yeah, we... Uh... <laughs> I don't think we're going to have a problem this year. No, no, actually, uh, I don't know if it's going to be Logan or if it's going to be Richard himself, but I uh, love sleds coming up and going to be doing that one. Pretty sure it's Logan. It's Logan? Yeah. I, I know I was up... Um, I was up there with Rick Fike, and we were given uh, Steiner keychains out there for everything. Uh, your birthday this month? Is it this week? Is it this year? Where do you live? You know, every, everybody. You know, we were running out of. We things. had a blast, though. We had a blast <laughs> yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's fun to interview yeah. everybody because not only to fill the dead time for us, it was good, good research time, so that we when the when the, when the class got up, we had more knowledge to to spin into a storyline for the for announcing purposes and then that bled over into langford the next day yeah yeah and and those were even like little valley what was it probably a distance of three four maybe five feet i think the winner put it on everybody which was close to the end yeah everybody blew it pretty well out of the water yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so that was that was all good and and a great showing um you know with this you know we get like langford had if i'm not mistaken there was 20 or 21 tractors there we had 21 at little valley and we had uh 19 at uh langford because we did have some casualties in little valley yep yep yeah yeah so it was a good good turnout this year at armada um i'm told the boys from Western New York that um, there's a number of them that are coming to Armada, and I know that um, there's a good possibility we're going to have four or five from uh, Kentucky if everything works and everybody keeps running and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, it it should be uh, some good shows. It was a bit of a challenge on day two at Armada last year. We we busted a lot of stuff. Yes, yeah. we did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we. <laughs> Yes, we did. Yeah, there's there was some wild rides, there was some carnage and fireball. Yeah. And I don't I don't mean what was being consumed. <laughs> no, that was the night before. We behaved someday. Yeah. That's probably the worst event to announce day two at because everybody is hung over from Saturday night. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's you got a good point there. If they're not hung over, they're su- suffering from sleep dev- deprivation because we're up till three in the morning bullshitting about polling, if not later, you know. At least. Well, some of us have the the good sense that God gave us to go to bed. I do recall, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you recall it, but he doesn't. <laughs> I do recall uh, eating breakfast with Larry and Donna Wright and. Um, Next to their trailer was an open trailer, but there was a canvas over it. And it's oh, this like, is two years ago, yeah. Yeah, two years ago, and we're eating breakfast, and all of a sudden the canvas started moving, and I thought, <laughs> damn raccoon must have got in there. <laughs> Anyways, lo and behold. I can't see you, though, bitch. <laughs> lo and behold, Andrew peeks his head out. He slept under the canvas on a flatbed trailer. It's like, okay. <laughs> Some of the best sleep I ever get is on the back of Mark Osborne's trailer. 
People go, how do you sleep on that? They go, it's all only alcohol consumption yeah. the night before. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice if you pass out, right? <laughs> it worked well enough at uh, Langford last year. Yeah, yeah, Langford. We know, slept Stayed next to uh, three in the morning, throttle. and then just yeah, <laughs> fell asleep next to a tractor that had. I was coming up the name. to a thirty point five. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> plywood floor. Who gives a shit? Hammered. Yeah. And got up feeling good too the next morning. Yeah, actually felt great. You know, I think it's it's a great opportunity. Monday, not so much. The travel schedule to to see some of the things like Langford and and knowing that they've been pulling there since 1947. It's as far as I know, it's one of the oldest uh, pulls in in North America. The oldest, as far as we're aware. As far as we're aware, yeah, Yeah, the oldest. uh, And then I, I I know Armada was since 1951. I believe our mate is the number, second oldest. Number two, yeah. yeah somewhere's in there, yeah. But uh, it, it's kind of neat because both of those are old poles, but Langford is totally different in our mate. They're, they're all different. I mean, it, yeah. Langford reminds me a lot of the old Twin Creeks. Okay. You know, okay. sitting on the yep. hillside, a crowd that's into pulling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great venue. To oh, are we getting that. hijacked? Plug it in. As far as it reaches. You've sidetracked. I'm pulling Radio Network. How can we help you? You there? Hold on. My internal. Dave, you there? Hold on. We're trying to get your volume set because we're actually in the middle. You actually caught us while recording. This is normally not possible. There we go. Now we got some audio. Yes. Can you patch me into the uh, the office of the Godfather, please? You know I don't have a phone down here anymore. He took it away after the one nine hundred numbers came up. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you get your credit card statement this month. <laughs> <laughs> How did you sneak a corporate card? Uncle Zeke's on my side. Remember that. I can make that much money in five seconds. Which reminds me, I see Uncle Zeke's out of prison. The beads are off my door again and back on his. Yes, he put them up in uh, Uncle Zeke's traveling uh, Pentecostal, Catholic, Baptist, um, Episcopal, Holiness Church. Oh, really? I didn't know he found Jesus. By the way, uh, what, what was the bill to get that sign made for that church? That's a lot of words. You know, Uncle Zeke don't pay for nothing. That's what I was going to say. He just kept stealing signs off the local churches till he had enough pieces to make it work. <laughs> yeah, it looks like one of them alphabet letters. Where you take, no, actually, I think it was all out of magazines how he done it. Just cut different letters out of magazines. I know words. I thought you took the paste away from him after the last time he got caught sniffing the glue. Mm, no, he still keeps something around for rolling papers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Or it's 
They actually caught us mid-interview. You want to say hi to Ed Schubert there, Mr. Foltz? Hi, Ed. Hey, how we doing? It's the first time we've been hijacked in reverse, so it's pretty good. And it wasn't even planned. He didn't know this. I called no. him about another topic, and he finally called me back. Oh, well, good. Well, Ed, being your own here, I want to say a big thank you for what you've done for the light little superstock class. Uh, and that's coming from a guy that's watched that class grow from nothing in Kentucky to what it is today. For guys like you taking a chance on that class. Well, thank you very much, but I'd like to thank you guys in Kentucky because that's kind of where the class started and grew out of, and it's um, I, we, we look up to you guys. We really, really do. Wishful thinking. Maybe I should move down to Kentucky because there's a LSS poll just about every weekend. Yeah, you can be um, – a lot of them are stacked on top of each other, so um, yeah. you could pull – on some nights, you could pull three times in one night. Yeah. Uh, and don't tell any of the pullers from Kentucky what you just told me because their heads don't need to get any bigger than they already are. <laughs> <laughs> Roach. <laughs> Roach. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I, like I said, I, I remember when that class first started, and uh, I was like, man, this is going to be a good class. And it was kind of a regional deal, you know, one organization had them. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And then it just kind of blowed up from there. And now everybody and their brother down here is taking the farm tractor and putting it on alcohol. <laughs> well, that's second instinct down there to put stuff on alcohol. I mean, come on. Look at you guys. Yeah. I used to run on alcohol 24-7. Well, Armstead still does, so maybe I need to move down there. <laughs> but, Ed, now what you, got, what you have done, I know you've taken a lot of um, – a lot of hits for the rules package you put together. Uh, one of the gentlemen that speed on you pretty well is a known Kentucky puller, and uh, I apologize for that. Oh, but we there, all know how he is, so I, it is what it is. I talked to. I talked to that gentleman. I know who you're talking about. I talked to him. <laughs> let's let's name names. Come on. Yeah, we know who you're <laughs> who are we talking about. Of? Well, he's he's on the forum <laughs> quite a bit too. But anyways, no, it, it's all good, and and actually. If the truth be known, this was not my initiative. Um, I was called, I think it was in October, by a couple people uh, from down in Kentucky, and they asked me if I would be involved. They didn't know anybody up north, and they wanted uh, they wanted some input from from people and, and to go ahead and do some national rules. And one thing led to another, and all I did was get people like uh, Andrew so we could blame things on him. And, <laughs> yep, uh, I'm, I'm the reason for every rule you hate on them, like limited super stock rules for anybody out there. You, you can find me on Facebook and tell me what an idiot I am. A lot of people seem to be doing that right now. But in, even without Andrew's yeah, uh, intervention into this, they, they still call me an idiot. So it doesn't really <laughs> No, just kidding. But... Um, Truth comes you know, out. <laughs> we got, we got people involved only because of, you know, the years of, of pulling it in a different class, um, people from New York and Canada and in Wisconsin, of course, and in a little bit of Indiana and, and just West side, East side of Michigan and so on and so forth. Um, there were a number of other organizations, including, um, 
Yeah, down in Kentucky as well as Tennessee and, and various other places that, that were actually asked to uh, to be involved. And, and, and a lot of people, I don't think they... I didn't think they they thought we could pull this together like like we did, and and really we did not invent anything new. We just took rules from all over, and just kind of commonized and or put things in. Like there may be something in Wisconsin that isn't in Kentucky, or vice versa, um, and that's all we really did. So without getting to a lengthy discussion about it, that's. But uh, thank you for the thank you. Okay, the f- that opens up a whole different world of tractors for that class. Yeah. Yeah, you look bang for your buck, of course, alcohol is going to be the, both the cheapest option for most people, but that 410 intercooled class is probably the most budget-friendly for the diesel option out there. And Of course, long-time running class over in Wisconsin, and man, do they get the RPMs out of them tractors. Yeah, the truth be known, a lot of people from your neighborhood are – uh, dead set against the intercooler on the 410. And on the on the flip side of that, there's people from Wisconsin and various areas in Iowa that just think 470 is just like crazy. But you know, I don't. We spent so much time on trying to make the diesels competitive. Um, maybe we spent too much time on it. I don't know. But we want the diesels to be there with the alcohol, but we didn't you know, where do you go? So we're going to take a good look at turbocharged sizes and things like that in October, and maybe we can put something in concrete. But um, for the time being, that was a commonization. And, and, and that commonization allows, like, people in the, the 2017 travel series to, to compete and go to different states, and, and, and we enjoy it. We, we love to have tractors from down south come up. You guys usually kick our butts pretty good, but, you know, somebody's got to set the bar, and um, we just all need to come up the standard. So. I heard, uh, heard rumor Jamie Barger is no longer allowed in Wisconsin, Illinois, or Canada, or New York. I heard rumor of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's welcome to Michigan anytime. <laughs> he's welcome to Michigan anytime. I, I tell you, I, I've been calling I know. Yes, you're not kidding. Yeah. Actually, we're sitting next to a medley tractor right now. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah, what, Jeff's. Which one you sitting next to? Jeff's first one, the 460. That's that's oh, my tractor. We're actually not in studio right now, Dave. We're actually on location yeah. recording. We're at the home of ENS Motorsports. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back to the Second Baptist Bar and Grill later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
I heard he was retired. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the back end of my career. I, I got to make room for uh, Armstead. I, I heard he's the next up and coming superstar. So, actually, the truth is, is he's making me retire. <laughs> he sent his goons after me, so I've got to retire now. Well, you, hang on there. Hang on there, because I think Trump is going to announce that he's a public uh, relations spokesperson for. Um, Republican Party, so you might want to hold on to your <laughs> Wow. But uh, We were keeping that one under wraps, Dave. Sorry to sorry to spring that one on you, buddy. Maybe I want something else. I was like, I already bought my house in Florida and I bought another one in Cancun. I was like, well, let's put them back up for sale. I'll call up and leak my real estate agent and see what he can do for me. <laughs> right. No, it's going in. We'll, I'll call you back a little later, Dave, about my uh, brainstorm I had. All right, guys, talk to y'all later. All right. Yep, bye. Take care. Bye, Dave. You're killing me. Next caller. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Dave Fultz from the sometime airing Never on Polling Radio Network. Behind Un- the hauler. Under the hauler. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my other show. <laughs> So, well, I think that's a good spot to take a break. I think we've covered light limit as the best we can, but we're going to talk Earl when we get back. And, uh, oh, I wonder what happened to my microphone. There we go. Now you can hear me. See, I was laughing too hard, knocked my microphone out. But uh, we've covered enough of the light limited super stocks. We're going to take a quick break here. And uh, we're going to talk some Earl. 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 (laughs) So this is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Hi, everybody. This is Kenny Eggleston with the Pulling Radio Network and host of the Pullcast, inviting you to listen to the Swap Shop here on the Pulling Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday at 10, 2, and 4 Eastern Time. If you have items you want to sell on the Swap Shop, just call and leave us a message at 518-288-6110. That's 518-288-6110. Tell us what the item is how much you want for it, if you're willing to trade, and how the swap shoppers can get a hold of you. You can also let everybody know if you're looking for parts for a specific vehicle or even information. Once again, check out the Swap Shop every Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. That is 8 a.m., noon, and 2 p.m. Pacific Time. The phone number again, 518-288-6110. 518 6110 The Swap Shop, a new service brought to you by the Pulling Radio Network. All right, and we're back on Sidetracked on the Pulling Radio Network, and our next segment is going to be uh, covering Earl. Earl. We're going to be talking oil, and uh, full disclosure, right up front, uh, uh, before we get into the tech side, full disclosure, yes, Edgebridge is a distributor for Sempica Lubricants, which are also sold and serviced by Dirty Hooker Diesel, our primary sponsor, so... You know, before we get too far, no, we're not going to name other you're names. You're the one who comes in wearing a Pennzoil shirt today. It was on top of the pile. What can I say? <laughs> I noticed I wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what are, you, what are you trying to do to me? 
Well, maybe I need a Simpico shirt then. Then <laughs> <laughs> he says right across from me, I'm staring at it the whole time. So. All right. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, full disclosure on that. But no, we're going to get into some of the more technical aspects of lubricants, not just motor oil, but everything. And what you're looking for, we're not just going to be selling just Simpico or trying to convince you on that. No, no it's what you need for your motors. So that way they live longer. Everybody's looking to stretch their motors out as long as they can. Because let's face it, the cost of vehicles aren't get, isn't getting cheaper. And uh, yeah, this is more. You know, you got a diesel pickup out there right now for you know a deluxe model truck. You're paying sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. Now, do you want it to last three hundred thousand, or you want to last one hundred fifty thousand, and then try to replace it while you're still paying payments on it? I'd rather have right. my 99 that's sitting out there roll the million before I try and replace the thing because I, I can't afford to replace it. Yeah. So that's a, you know, it's a, it's a, today that'd be a $60,000 pickup. Yeah. Yeah. I got the same thing. I got a 99 power stroke. I got over 300,000 miles on it, but uh, to replace it is about 60,000 miles. Yeah. Well, right. even my, I'm, I'm way behind you then. I'm only at 110 on my. Well, you've well, got a long ways to go. Even <laughs> even my 6.5, it's a 98, but it's a Silverado. It's a fully loaded truck for that era. Yeah. You know, they probably, they probably paid, what, 20,000 for it. For me to go do that, I'd have to be a, a Denali, and you'd be paying $70,000 for that type of, yeah. you know, if you translate over everything across, yeah. you know, I'd have navigation on it. You just can't go drop that money anymore. Actually, I can't replace my truck at all now. Nobody sells one with a manual trans anymore. No, that's the oh, downside. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's a commonization. As a matter of fact, Ford's going to 10-speed, uh, I think, in, uh, oh, in 18? 18 or 19? Well, it was slated for 18, whether that's going to be realistic or not. But you won't get a, you won't get a choice of rear axle ratios, basically. Oh, really? No, it's 10-speed and whatever You're rear stuck axle. with like a 373 yeah, from the yeah. factory. And it just mm. won't shift you know, beyond a certain point if, if it doesn't need to because of RPMs and the pulling load and so on and so forth. Hmm. But, yeah. So anyways. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of frightful sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, everybody who owns a transmission shop is going, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We thought the Allison made us money. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. So I'm seeing facts no, and figures and all kinds of fancy stuff pulled out here, Ed. What, what do you got for us? Let's start with everybody can relate to. You know, most people don't think of transmissions. They don't think of rear ends. They always think of their engine oil because that's the uh, most frequently serviced part of a vehicle. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's, well, let me give you a little history first, if that's okay. Go for as, it. As he I always pops like history. Yeah, see, <laughs> he knows he can sit back in a stool and drink a beer because I'm long-winded. But anyways, um, I started out when we were tractor pulling way back when, and I'm guessing probably 17, 18 years ago, or maybe even a little more than that. And we started revamping motors and changing things, and just the RPM was like three times, four times as much as what it came from the factory, and so on and so forth. And my inquisitive nature was shouldn't we be doing something other than what the manual says because the motor doesn't isn't even close to where it came from the factory so i started knocking on doors and i started asking questions and somewhere at farm shows somewhere at performance shows um 
and you know the salesmen are are great they they tell you buy my oil and it's like well why and it's because it's good oil and it's like well why is it good oil well they don't know it's just good oil so buy my oil and then when you start getting probably a little bit of information like um you know additive levels and so on and so forth you start asking questions they don't know they they have no clue and I was put on to one oil company that, that actually given a phone number and um, called them and tried to pick their brain in about 15 minutes of boring conversation on my part. They just said, consult your owner's manual, and that was kind of the end of the story. So I didn't, I didn't get very far, and, but I, I knew that there should be some type of um, technical advice somewhere. So I, I went to... Um, I went to the decob poll in Ohio back years ago when it was in Columbus, and um, some people was there. And with that, I was asking some of the questions, and I was getting some answers, but nevertheless, I was some of the technical stuff. I was told, call this number, and there's a technician, and he, he would be gladly to answer your questions. And I did. And... The questions were coming back on me. What are your tolerances? Uh, what kind of oil temperature are you running at the beginning of the pull? Where's your temperature at the end? Um, just are you running more tolerance in, in your bearings and, and whatnot? And they made suggestions. He made suggestions, and um, he told me, call, call me back and, and tell me what you, what you think, and let's look at this. And he even asked me to send him a sample of oil that he could analyze. And it's like, wow, this is different. So that was kind of the beginning of, of using some Pico oil and, and um, used it ever since in the pulling tractor. And then eventually, it was, wasn't very long, I started using it in, in the truck. Like I said, my power stroke, I got 300,000 miles on it. Most of its life was uh, some Pico oil. Very first it wasn't, but um, I switched it over, but... Never had any any problems with uh, the products that I've used in the, in the truck, even the fuel system. Never had it apart. Never, nothing like that. But um, that's where it kind of went. And then about 12 years ago, I was asked to uh, take Macomb, Oakland, and St. Clair counties on as far as sales, and I was given 12 customers. Today, I've got 94 customers in those three counties, and. As of last week, I was told that I'll be doing distribution all the way up to Huron County in the Thumb, which is cool because I love the Thumb of Michigan. But that's that's kind of where where it started with me with with the oil and um, and we talked. There's two two sides of the oil. You know, I'm gonna talk a little bit about. Um, I'm not gonna badmouth anybody's anybody's brand. This isn't what this is about. I'm gonna give you enough information. Probably you walk away and you'll you'll be able to relate or you'll be able to make some decisions but you know choosing an oil there's a lot of people that they, they've got a brand name oil that their grandfather used and I, i'm here to tell you that those oils and and um, the quality of oils aren't what they used to be and i think to fortify that everybody needs to in a business including a farm which is a big business um you need to make a decision based on data, and that data comes from oil testing. And, and I, I offer that because I like to show the customer what they're getting. And in some cases, I test 
competitors' oils. Well, I've been doing that for a long time, taking a good look. And it's surprising what you see or what you don't see as far as lack of quality. And a lot of that is it's twofold. It's driven from the EPA where, you know, they don't like to see, they want it the, the zinc and the phosphorus levels, which is an additive um, uh, levels that they wanted them reduced. And those, both of those items are, are something that, that affects your emission systems and so on and so forth. And the replacement with that, they, they use a friction modifier or a molly. And um, that's fine for today's vehicles, but what about yesteryear's vehicles? And there's a lot of stuff out there that's, that's not really made for the specifications of the oils that, that are uh, dictated from, from the manufacturer. And I'm never, I'm never telling anybody or a customer or even today is, you know, you should always look at the oil spec that in your owner's manual, whether that be a truck or a tractor or whatever, and then it, the oil should meet that specification. Now, where you get in trouble or could get in trouble is a lot of these oils are made to a standard but they're not giving you anything extra as far as the additive packages. And with that, you know, let's say that you run it over the drain period, let's say 5,000 or 10,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> Where is that extra? And, you know, with that, a lot of oils start failing. And, um, you know, like a diesel engine, you can basically, you, you could do your own test on a diesel. I mean, it's not going to give you any kind of data or facts, but pull the dipstick on a, on a diesel engine that's been running for a while and um, wipe it in your hand and then simply take a cloth or a rag and wipe it off. If your hand is stained, you've got, uh, your detergents are dead. That, that oil needs to come out of there. And you can lift that stain off your, the stain would be almost equivalent to like a uh, black walnut husk. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a stain and you can take new oil with a live detergent and rub in that same place and it should, it, it'll lift the stain. But I've, I, I've, I've seen done that. that cleaning my hands at the end of the day, you know, you work yeah. on some greasy sooty, a little bit of new engine oil. And right. Yep. People go, are you kidding me? I go, no, it, it works. No, there's... It, you it, know, it, for years, oil was, you know, you had non-detergent for the older vehicles, and you had detergent oil, and right. you had your major brands, but I mean, these higher tolerance oils weren't around. Right, right. And, and there is a difference between, you know, a gasoline oil versus a, a diesel oil. You know, diesel motors are dirty by nature, and... Uh, the detergent packages and the anti-acid um, packages, there's an acid uh, neutralizer in diesel oils that allow the detergent packages to, uh, to work. Now, you can use a diesel oil in a gas engine, but vice versa, no. And the reason for that is, is of course, the detergent packages and the acid neutralizers aren't there. So you would get... You could do it, but it would you'd eventually have a, a big sludge buildup over a period of time. So that's that's kind of where where things things are at with that. But you know, again, um, I, I think decisions on oil should be basically based on data uh, information, and there are laboratories that um, that can analyze it. I use a laboratory called Black Blackstone. 
And I like them because the fact is that uh, they not only are chemists and, and analyze it, they can relate to the internal combustion engines. And I've ran in across this a few times in a couple other uh, laboratories where they may be good chemists, but they can't relate to a motor. They can't. They, they could meet an oil spec. They could analyze the oil but they have no idea because they're, they've never been in an engine and they don't know anything about motors. And that's, it's, that's kind of where you're, where you're at today. Um, a lot of this new stuff is, wow, the oil's really, really thin. They're really dictating. I mean, I, there's a Detroit diesel and a Western Star that just got bought about a couple of weeks ago, and I was surprised the oil spec is a 10W30, which is like, wow, that's pretty thin. Um, I know that... Uh, the tech guy at some picos spends a lot of time with John Deere and um, they, he's over at their lab quite a bit and um, with development and lubrications and stuff like that. But um, he also went to a seminar with, uh, at a Cummings, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a workshop or that type of thing. And they were talking about oils and he raised his hand and he said, Hey, what happens if on a new motor like this you put a 1540 in it versus a 1030 and the guy says well you're going to get less gas mileage or fuel mileage rather diesel mileage than you will um, than you will wear you're going to get more wear out of the engine with a heavier oil but a lot of this is dictated for epa mileage and whether it be ford chevy you know cummings um you know whichever it's it it's all dictated on EPA, and at the end of the day, when you add all the numbers up, you know, it's, they're trying to get the most mileage out of these vehicles as what they, what they can. So that's, that's kind of that on the, on the oil situation. But I, you, need a, you need an oil, and, and I'm really, really satisfied with test results that I've had with uh, some people. I, I give you some facts. Um, older motors that aren't running uh, roller rockers or roller lifters, old push rod motors with flat lifters um you, they tell me the experts tell me that you're around 950 parts per million and anything lower than that or anything around that real close you're going to get excessive cam wear on the lobes and a lot of your oils are just above that 950 but when you start going over and when i say that 950 parts per million on zinc and phosphorus so when you start going over and the oil's wore down, you know, you subject that engine to, you know, excessive, excessive wear. And they're even finding on valve trains with rollers that uh, they're getting some, some wear, especially with a lot of uh, spring tension and so on and so forth. But, uh, again, you, you want to oil. Now, the Sampico oil, I will tell you this, because I, I got to crow about Sampico oil, right? Um, <laughs> The Sampico oil, the S3, the everyday oils, is a, a high 12s of phosphorus and zinc. And um, that's, that's a, a fairly, and there is no friction modifier or molly in it. When I talk about friction modifier, that's usually a replacement for zinc and phosphorus. But um, molly or zinc, or I'm sorry, um, molly and or a friction modifier is not what you want to put in an engine if it's a freshly built engine because that uh, friction modifier will not allow the uh, rings to seal. Um, 
as uh, they could seal, but you're going to have to put a lot of time and a lot of heat to it versus, you know, not. And in some cases, they, they may never seal because of the fact is that using a, a friction modifier, a molly. Um, is it, is it molybdenum disulfide in suspension in the oil? Is that what, by molly, is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's a great substitute. It's a great substitute for, uh, you know, the, the replacement of the zinc and phosphorus. But what happens is, okay, the difference is, is it slippery? Yes. But the flip side of slipperiness is shear. And shear is the oil film between two metal parts. And that's where, you know, your longevity comes in. And, and that's, that's kind of old school thinking. But nevertheless, that's, that's where, where that's the reality of, of, of the situation. So that, that's it on kind of um, on your everyday oils. And we, we do, we basically, while we carry uh, the S3 oil, which is, again, it, it meets all types of different specifications. And we have an extreme duty. We have a parasynthetic because there are, you know, manufacturers that, that want you to use a parasynthetic. Um, Ford is, what, 5W20? Um, a partial synthetic oil, um, you know, and so on and so forth. We got extreme duty. Uh, we've even got milking machine oil and steam engine oil. Yeah, and, you, you and I talked about that the one yeah, time is, yeah. you know, stuff that has gotten forgotten by a lot of brands but was commonplace for many years. Is there yes. a good steam engine break-in oil? Because Chris Johnson will be needing some soon. <laughs> <laughs> we have an antique uh, engine oil, and a lot of those have uh, inhibited rust inhibitors in there because what happens is, you know, with antique tractors or trucks, you start them up once or twice a year, but you yeah. want everything coated. So with that, you, you, you want everything coated and, and you want it, the rust inhibitors in there to, uh, just for longevity of, of the engine itself. And, that, and that's, that's that pertaining to everyday oils. The flip side of that is um, your racing oils. And the racing oils is something that was specially formulated and it really grew from there um again the epa with some pico some pico is a fairly uh, it's an established company it's 105 years old but um in comparison with a lot of oil other oil companies um they're they're not as big and everything that some pico sells is basically kind of directed towards off-road so a lot of um, the EPA um, rules really kind of don't apply but the racing oil it fits into that category and you can get it in a 10w30 a 1540 a 2050 um, one thing I think is kind of unique is on the other grades of oil like the regular non um, multi-grade but like your 30 weight 40 50 60 70 and a 70 plus, um, that's got an anti-foaming um, agent in it. So under extreme oil pressure, um, this actually was formulated for um, Rich and Jordan Lustig. Um, I don't know why they were running such oil pressure, but in um, the second tractor that they had, it was formulated for that. And they felt that they wanted an oil that was 100%, and there is no oxygen 
um, oxygen going or bubbles, air bubbles, that type of stuff going Not through. Not going to run into cavitation that, issues. That is correct. Yep, yep. So... If there is another oil, racing oil out there like that, I'm not aware of it. But um, anyways, now and why you know, would you, you want bring to... up a name that's been probably one of the biggest proponents of the sport of pulling is Elustix. That's the first time, you know, a silver bolt. That was the first time I had ever heard the Sempico name. Yeah, they were real central to the advertising campaign as far back as the mid-90s. Um, and I don't know if, if you know this, it, since we're on that subject, was it possibly formulated where they're divorcing the circuits for the turbochargers and the engine, and it was something that they wanted to have longevity in the chargers themselves? That could very well be, yeah. There's kind of a, a funny story. Um, Dave Fitzpatrick covers Pennsylvania and, and a part of Ohio. And um, anyways, he's one of the sales and distribution guys like I am. And he had gone to Lustig several times and talked to them. And uh, as Rich Lustig, at convention has talked about it and he said well what is this snake oil you know what what is this stuff <laughs> dave dropped off a 55 gallon drum of racing oil and it, it it's like yeah okay put it in the back corner well they came home from a pole and they were changing bearings like every run it was crazy what what they were going through and um lo and behold one weekend they didn't have anything else to put in it so they pulled that barrel out put it in they pulled the bearings out, and the bearings looked great. And matter of fact, they were getting numerous runs on the same set of bearings where they weren't getting that before. Now, why? And that's where, if you look at analysis, and I have, I've, I've sent in um, oh numerous uh, baseline tests, either on the new oil and/or even competitors' oil. Um, but anyways, getting back to the, the some peak oil. Um, the, the zinc is higher than just about anything that I've ever seen out there. You know, I, I told you the S3 is, is, you know, in the high 12s on, on uh, parts per million on zinc and phosphorus. Well, this stuff is like 2,200, 2,300. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, hmm. it's, it, it's up there, which that's your anti-wear. Anti on all oils, whether it be racing or just your everyday oils, the other flip side of that, which really can't be tested as your polymer packages. And the best way I could describe a polymer package is, you know, you got cars on the road and you can get from point A to point B with a Pinto or you can get it, you know, there with an Escalade, you know, so you, you, there's a quality thing there. And, and polymers are, are like that, but there's no way of actually doing an analysis test. Now, what are polymers? Polymers is what holds the viscosity. Uh, over a period of time, a cheap um, polymer will will break down, and your 1540 will turn into, you know, sometimes a 520. Um, where a, a more expensive uh, polymer package, I've never seen the Sampico stuff of all the testing I've done, really break down below what the viscosity numbers uh, dictate. And uh, I've I've done a lot of tests. As a matter of fact, if anybody's ever interested, contact me, and I'll be more than happy to show you some of the. I say all the data. all this information you're getting is not just out of somebody just trying to sell you something. You've gone through and tested all the major brands out there. Yeah, I have. You know, just yeah. for this fact, so yeah. that way, hey, listen, I can show you the results out of. You know, you told me you bought brand new bottles of stuff. I have yeah. sent it out for sample, just so that way you could, you know, for your own knowledge is, you know, been yeah. the bulk of it. Of course, if we're translate over for sales but you know so that way you do know you're representing you know 
a quality product. Well, and then not only that, I mean, you for a long time you were building engines for people. You just didn't want to tip anything into it, and then no. it blows up, and people are like, "Well, what the hell?" You know, you wanted to make sure it went out the door, right? Something that would run, right? Right, exactly. Yep, yep, yeah. As a matter of fact, you, you know, I got to tell you this without giving any names, but there is a very popular racing oil that everybody knows of, and they just recently got um, bought out by another company. And, um, I, I did test her oil and, um, I, I was, I was amazed and I was shocked. I, I, first I, I tested a, a, a base sample of, of brand new break-in oil and, and I wanted to see, you know, just what was in it. And I was shocked what wasn't in it. And, um, then I went to their, uh, regular racing oil. Uh, in this case, it was a 20 W 50. And I actually, the test results came back with contaminants in it, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. And they felt that maybe the vat had some repair work or there was some impurities in, in, in the oil. It wasn't anything major, major, but nevertheless, it was there. So when I went to PRI show, I, I looked the company up, and I first I, I talked to a salesman and, and, again, buy my oil because it's good, and I needed to talk to somebody that was going to, be able to talk a little more in depth than that. So their their chemist was was there, and I talked with him. And first he told me that oh we're keeping everything the same with the company we bought. And I said, well, okay, I'm not I'm not being a smart ass here, but I, I got to ask you some questions. How in the hell can you break in oil, keep a flat tappet, a, a flat lifter, um, without wiping the the cam lobes? We all know that's a problem, and it's been a problem. How, how do you do that with the analysis that I, I'm seeing here? Now, maybe this break-in oil is just for a roller. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question because I'm, I'm really confused. If you can enlighten me on something that I, I don't know. And um, I never got an answer from him. He basically said, well, you know, sometimes wear the break-in is good because it just, you know, gets everything seated. And it's like, yeah, but how <laughs> How much is enough and how much is too much? I yeah, mean, obviously I, he's never had know. to finance a build. No. Well, yeah, it, I was, yeah, I, I never really. I look for wear on piston rings to get them seated. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I was really amazed at, at what this oil, and, and the oil is, it's not competitively priced. Um, the racing oil, Simpico, is like $2 a gallon more than the regular you know, S3 everyday oil, um, which I don't think is very outrageous in comparison. No, we've talked prices and it's, yeah. it's reasonable. Oh, I it mean, is. The racing oil is. It's barely much more than what, you know, I no. like my six, five, you know, six, five is the Detroit. If you're not leaking oil, you better add oil. Cause it's, you've run out, you know? Right. And you and I talk the pricing. I run Shell Rotella just cause it's cheap. Oh, you're mentioning a name. That's fine. I'll admit it. Okay. I run Shell Rotella T, you know? But it's been a cost-effective oil for me. I'm not going to go buy a dollar store brand because yep. I do need it to run all the time. But we started talking because I told you I'm doing a rebuild motor yep. for this and I want to run a quality oil and not go just by, okay, 3,000 miles, I'm going to change my oil, 5,000 oils. No, I want to go send the samples in and find out, okay, how often. And that's something that people look at is these higher quality oils, you're going to get longer oil life out of them. Well, you send them in for a sample and find out, okay, hey, I can make it 8,000 miles on an oil change. So 
So yeah, you're paying more initially, but you're getting that out in the long run. You know, yeah. five oil changes down the road, which for you and I, with what we do with announcing, that doesn't take long with the miles we put in. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I'm paying a little more up front by the time I get to you know where that fifth or sixth oil change I'm doing on the quality oil, I'd be seven eight on the cheaper oil. Well, there's a there's a form that I have in in um, one of my bigger uh, customers' farms. Um, he got it right away. Uh, he has a, a tie in with um, one of the the big manufacturers and uh, he, he could get a, a price of $11 a gallon for this particular oil from this particular company. And, uh, but he, he knew that he wouldn't run it more than 200 to 250 hours before he would change it because he, he somehow knew. <laughs> and I don't know if he went to the same seminar I was at either, but um, um, he wouldn't run it more than, than that and that was probably a good thing um since then i've been testing and we've been putting 500 hours on now that 11 dollar oil that he was buying from that actually ended up costing with 22 dollars because he could run the sampico twice as long and and now factor in labor because he's got several people working for him and then factor in filters and filters today or, you know, big articulating tractors are not cheap. And usually there's no, two of them on there. No, there's nothing as far as right. constant right. maintenance right. is cheap yeah. anymore. So that, that $11 oil at, at his bargain price actually was costing him $22, where the Sampico with the volume in, in at the time, that was like $16 in comparison. I, I don't know what he could get the, the oil for today, um, you know, from the, the manufacturer for, yeah, but, uh, and it, and it really doesn't matter. I I've gone to, um, a lot of, I go to about three seminars down in Perrysburg, Ohio, uh, every year just to try to keep up with what's, what's new. And, and, and no, it's, let's be honest. You pass it off to wife as a vacation. So yeah. that way you get out of paying for a good one for the end of the year. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but anyways, we go down there and, um, uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of guest speakers and, and stuff. And, and I, I do recall that one speaker saying, Hey, with the red and the green tractors, you you can run 500 hours, you know, on a on a 10 gallon crankcase. But uh, we can guarantee you one thing: you'll be buying a reman engine at 5,000 hours. You know, it's like, <laughs> don't don't run the oil that long. We're not saying that it doesn't meet the spec. We're just saying it won't last that long. It will break down prior to 500 hours. And that's another thing. When I go into a, a place um, with multiple machinery, you know, nobody can say that you're going to run 500 hours on on, on an oil change. I, yeah, maybe if it's a 10 gallon crankcase, whether that be a, a big truck motor or a big tractor motor. But uh, let's face it, if it's a 806 gas tractor made back in the early 60s, it's nine quarts. Are you going to get 500 hours on that? No, no. absolutely not. The, the reservoir isn't isn't big enough for that. Nobody's oil will, will withstand that. And and why would you want to run a real good racing oil in today's, you know, competition, especially tractor and truck pulling? Well, if you think about the boost we're putting and you think about, I don't care how good your rings are sealed. I don't care if you're using gapless rings. I don't care what you're using. 
when you're running 60 pounds of boost or more or multiple chargers, you're getting fuel contamination. Now, when you think of, let's say, 22, 2300 parts per million of zinc or phosphorus as an additive, and you're, and you're going you're gonna to be adding fuel you know, to that with the boost, the ring wash, uh, all that, you're diluting that oil. You, you just are. And with that, you, you want something that's way above and come down to, you know, just for added protection. And it's, it just totally, totally makes sense. Because I've, I've had people say, well, why should I use racing oil? Then on the flip side, I've had people say, oh, I want to put racing oil in my everyday vehicle. No, you don't want to do that. Racing oil is formulated for its, its slipperiness. Activity. Extreme it, conditions. Yes, and, and what it doesn't. What it doesn't have is it doesn't have the detergent levels that you need to keep your engine clean because they know you're going to be, you know, dropping the oil a lot sooner than, let's say, 10,000 miles, 5,000 miles or whatever. Um, so that's that's kind of it with uh, with with the racing oils. I, I noticed, um, and I know, Andrew, you were, I think both of you were down there at the PRI show. Yes. Yeah, I get this magazine, and it was interesting because the latest issue They've got um, all the different racing oils that that were um, that actually they they wrote about, and they've got 13, 13 different racing oils that they list. I'm seeing some brands on there I've never even heard of. Yeah, yeah, me too. As a matter of fact, there's one on here they mentioned in the article, but um, uh, I don't even see it advertised. And that's well, I will tell you this: it's Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs was. Um, they they said in the article that it took them 17 years to uh, develop, but all these, it, what's really crazy is all these teams have a chemist to develop special oil formulation for their race applications, which is like wow. But it's no I can longer also, rednecks out on a track. No, no. It, and the other thing is, though, I all these racing oils that I've seen and read about, um, they're all formulated for, you know, drag racing, circle track. Um, that I I don't know. There there may be some that have some diesel, um, you know, oils, but uh, for the most part, most of it's just gas engine and stuff. But anyways. So that's that's kind of it in a nutshell with uh, with the oils. If anyone's ever got any questions, you can get a hold of me, and uh, I'd be more than happy to go over test results with maybe what you're using in in comparison with with this. Uh, one of the things I do offer is um, is is oil testing. If whether that be one vehicle or if you want to pay for more, I I actually have a big trucking company that's. Um, paying big money for uh, testing. They, they test everything. They test uh, transmissions, the drives. Um, uh, it's a, a track um, excavator. They're even doing the drives in the, on the tracks and stuff. And um, it's, God, it's that's amazing. That's going to be the longest oil sample ever to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised, though, the amount of metal. I could just imagine being in the middle of like January that. and you're popping the, popping the drain on the on the fi planetary final there, and you're going, okay, yep. come on, oil. It's you know, job, in here. <laughs> you know, the job site at 6, and, you know, pack all the firewood around it, light it on fire, wait till about 10. <laughs> with with a lot of uh, 
the trucking companies that I do have, I, I don't have as many as I have farms, but um, we, we've been hitting pretty close to 18, 20,000 miles on uh, oil changes. Oh, wow. And that's no auxiliary filtration, nothing like that. And and the oil samples are coming back. In some cases, um, in some cases they're uh, they're coming back and saying uh, run another two thousand next time. Here's one here, and this was a Mac. Um, this was twenty thousand miles on the oil, and they came back and said, uh, why don't you send them change it and then uh, send another sample in at twenty two thousand. Everything was. <laughs> was about as perfect as can be, and interesting. I don't I think you know that person? They live down the road. Yeah, I know the idiot who drives that truck too. <laughs> Actually, you know that driver. He does the show with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That was actually a funny story. It's actually, and it's not on a Mac engine. That's a thirty-four oh six. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's. Yeah. yeah. There's a thirty-four. Ninety-five. Yeah, that's a mechanical. Yep. Yep. Actually, that was a funny story because his dad came down here and said, you know, uh, with the cutbacks and stuff, I had to lay the one guy off. And he said, uh, I thought my son changed oil, and he thought I changed it. And he said, (laughs) I I got 20,000 miles on this thing, and I'm nervous. He said, can you tell me there's any antifreeze and oil? Send this sample in right away. So I did. And those are the results that came back. (laughs) They said, don't worry about it. (laughs) No, they said running another 2,000 and let us know but um something i did want to ask you about back on the racing oil for a second especially on sure. the al- alcohol uh machines we see yeah you get we a lot need of to con- know this soon. yeah we need to know ourselves um you get that alcohol contamination in the oil is it approved policy or is there a good procedure for cooking the oil and cooking that alcohol off Actually, yeah, because uh james phillips uh, yeah. fellow member of the network was asking about that yeah there he runs another brand oil, and yeah. we've tried talking to him otherwise on that. But Well, I, let me start from the, the get-go. I, I know that um, Ken Measel did it um, for a number of years. He, he used a, a turkey color, um, cooker. The guy who bought my NA tractor does it, and there's a, several down there in, um, around Richmond, Indiana, that are, that are doing it. And, and they're using a, a turkey you know, uh, cooker. I have one. Fryer. Yeah, I have one. Go. We got one at the farm too. Throw, throw a turkey in there. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> Ooh, yes. yeah. I know? catch a buzz while eating. There you That's go. That's perfect for <laughs> there me. You go. There you go. Um, now, if we get nicotine flavor in there, I'll be all set. <laughs> what you really want to look for, though, when you're doing that is most oils, just about everything out there is asphalt based oil. Okay. Uh, oil is actually, in that situation, a byproduct of fuel. Um, the Simpico oil is a paraffin-based oil, and the byproduct is not fuel. Uh, it's actually paints and more lubricants and greases and things like that. So, so it's dedicated. Go with my ignorance here. Paraffin but, being paraffin wax-based. Well, it's de-waxed. Okay. It's de-waxed. Yep. But I mean, we heard that for, of course, me growing up, and I'll throw out another brand. Yeah. You know, I remember going to the oil change place. We yes. ran Penn's oil for years yep. in every vehicle we had, and. For a while, they're going. Oh no, you don't want to run that because that's got because, wax in it. Yep, that's correct. And yep. we're like, why? It's been great oil forever, and we still ran it. We've never had an issue. But of course, the highly educated oil service technicians they have there know more than anybody else too. But you know, 
it's like you said, you know, the grandfather's brand oil, you know, but yeah. Senpico is that similar base oil where they're, it's off of a beeswax more or less. Well, it's, wax. it's paraffin. It, it's the oil itself comes from, um, it basically Ohio, Pennsylvania area. Yeah. That's where paraffin it, it, nothing is imported. Uh, it, it is American made. It's 105 years. Uh, they're based out of Cleveland and Walcott, Iowa, Cleveland, Ohio and Walcott, Iowa. But, um, it is, it comes from, I've been to Walcott within, before. There you go. Um, I, I know you've been there too. Iowa 80 truck stop. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, but getting back to what you were saying, and this is why I brought this up with asphalt base versus paraffin. The paraffin will, will withstand 30 degrees more before it carbonizes. Okay. So if it's a asphalt words, base burns. oil, yeah. And, and you'll see if you've ever taken a motor apart, even the valve cover on the inside and, and you see it black, that, that's, that's carbon. Some heat went through that engine at one time or another or, or, or sometime. Um, and you're going to get less carbon with, like I said, there's 30 degrees difference between uh, asphalt base versus uh, a paraffin base de-waxed, you know, oil. So if you're going to boil that oil off, you're a lot safer doing it with, uh, with some peak oil because of the you paraffin. Don't, you don't, and that's something else too. You, you know, if you've never done it before, you don't have to get it super hot. No, no, anyway. you don't. No, um, no, alcohol's alcohol is very high flash point. Yeah, it'll 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 boil off. I don't know the exact number, but it's around 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Water 212. Yeah. So if you're heating oil to 250, you aren't going to burn the oil, but you are going to get rid of the crap you don't want in it. Right. 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 Yep. Yep. Now, I guess my question is, are you going to be changing viscosity? Are you going to be changing the composition of that oil by burning it off like that? No, you're not really burning the oil. Like I said, um, first off, understand this. It doesn't matter whose oil it is, whether it be some Pico or any other competitors. Um, all oil lubricates the best at 150 degrees. That's why people will heat oil. Um, it, it has, it, I don't know why that is. It just is across, across the board. It's almost like a standard. Uh, all oil will lubricate best at 150. So you're going to heat it in excess of that to get the alcohol So all these off, diesel guys were looking at all their parameters on their fancy uh, display. That's what you're looking for when yeah. you're warming up your truck in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think with a diesel, it's a lot different. Um, I, I know I have a pan heater. Um, you see that engine hanging on the cherry picker. On the other side, there's a cord, and I have a pan heater. And I used to have two on the other one, and I could heat the oil to 150. And, and that's with getting on the tractor, running the starter, and circulating it through through the, the oil passages and, and the head and everything else, and then reheating it. And I'd feel fairly confident it'd be 150 degrees when I, I left the line. But with alcohol, <laughs> it don't have that temperature when you're at the end. It actually cools it off. Now, I'm not saying at the center of the engine with it, the block being filled and the head being filled and stuff. We didn't see some hellacious temperatures, but the oil, the oil was, I, I could never hold it at 100 degrees. It was always below that. <laughs> Our, yeah. Good so for it us just to is. Know. Yeah. And, and you're going to get, again, you're going to get fuel wash. And, and you, that engine right there, to do 300 feet, and that's with a little bit of staging backing up to the sled and maybe driving it off. I'm burning three and a half gallons to do 300 feet with, of course, the staging and the scale and stuff like Looking that. Looking still but, only about 20, 30 seconds of right. time running. Correct, right. And, and I know I've hit 
you know, with the telltale tax and stuff like that and gauges, I've hit 59, 60 pounds of boost. So, I mean, I, I know, and I can tell by the oil. I can run three runs on it before I, I really think, hey, okay, now I better do something because it's really looking milky. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the answer to your question about uh, burning it off. People are doing it, yeah. You know, and, and I don't think you got anything. If you were going to use know, the ash, we're balling on yeah. a budget. Well, it, and we're going to have both turbo and injected setups where we're going to have to worry about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know if you knew that, Ed. We bought a mod. No, I didn't. Okay. Good for you. No, no, not good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two more engines to wrench on. So yeah, there you go. So now we're there going to do go. a mod in the light limited at the same time because okay. well. Who likes having money in their pockets, you know? We exactly. Hey, you can't take it with you. So what the heck? He with he who has the most choice at the end wins. So oh, there's some people I've already run. Believe me, <laughs> there's some customers' places I've gone to, and it's like you know you. Uh, they don't even know what I'm talking about. I just say you won. And they look at me like, <laughs> you just won. I mean, if you got Corvettes and Jeeps with big V8 motors and helicopters, and you probably already oh, know who that is. Oh, wonder who you're talking yeah, about. I think, I think <laughs> we know who you're talking about. one just won. down the you road. Won. Huh? You won. <laughs> yeah, I think I know who one of those customers is. <laughs> but anyway. No, never met him before in my life, but that hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's that on oil. Their Maybe. product appears as a, you know, on another network. We can't. We won't mention it. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not. We we can't we can't give uh, any mention to them anymore. I'm well, the, well, that other network, the the owner of it was on our show last week. So what the hell? And I was there this weekend <laughs> drinking his free beers. So yeah, <laughs> we get along. We maintain relations. Yeah, no, absolutely. We we we're, we're happy go lucky guys. But yep, I hopefully that was some type of information that's useful for people to. Um, at least evaluate the situation or again i i would i think to, it should be a decision should be da- data driven really um so i gotta change what oil i'm running now on the white elephant yeah well like i said ed and i had talked you know when i i've got the motor i just got to get it done because i've been using the stuff you use and uh as soon as i talked about doing it i go there, there's one brand of oil i'm gonna run and it's uh you know, we, we haven't run it in any of our competitive vehicles before, but I go, listen, I I want this motor to last, you know. I mean, I can't afford to keep going and putting motors, you right. know, in a 6.5. And, yeah, they're cheap, and it's, you know, not the biggest, baddest motor out there, but I need it to last because, you know what, I do put a lot of miles on the truck. I had 10,000 in just for announcing last year. Okay. You know, if I can cut down my oil changes or in this place how much oil I'm putting out the exhaust, I'm going to do it. And it might cost me a little more to begin with, but so be it. You know, there's there's a saying for many years, you know, you you do something cheap, you better be able to afford to do it twice. And uh, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, the rod, connecting rods and bearings you use or the pistons you put in or the, even your gasket set, but it boils even right down to your spark plugs and oil. Well, and, and that's where, you know, I've talked to people about oil and in if you're going to just uh, do a price comparison per gallon or quart, you know, that's one thing, but you need to look at what you can get. I mean, it, this should be about saving money and, and saving money on the longevity 
like I said, labor is worth something as well as filters. And when you factor all that in, you're further ahead spending a little more. And it's like that with, with a, a, a lot of different things. But um, motor oil is certainly a prime example of that. It's kind of interesting because um, if you look at different equipment, um, oh, I don't know, magazines and stuff, the cost to operate a machinery is 9% of it is tires, 12% is parts, 42% is fuel, 36% is maintenance, meaning that you're hiring it done. Um, and uh, lubrication or engine oil is only 1%. So, I mean, if you look at it in, in a total view like that, that's... It's the least expensive in and of itself, but if you ignore it, it'll become the most expensive Exactly. Real I was quick. just going to say, every one of them other than, yeah. you know, your tires can be directly related to, yeah. you know, whether or not you're putting a quality lubricant in the motor, you know. Right. Or rear final drives, rear ends, transmissions, you know. Sempico offers everything across the board for that, as, as does a lot of the major, you know, oil companies out there. I know we've got one, another brand on the network that uh, Mr. Foltz actually represents that is still a good oil out there. But, um, you know, look at these companies that you don't walk into the auto parts store and see them on the shelf. Well, right, 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 yep. I, I hear what you're saying. And and let me comment about this because I run into this all the time. And you can buy zinc additives to add to an oil. And this kills me because read the bottle. Does it really tell you how much to put in? And how no. do you know? Because the oil you're putting it in, I, I guarantee you, you didn't test it. Is it a friction modifier oil? Or is it zinc Which and phosphorus? the zinc won't do you any good in a friction well, modifier. Well, you're basically diluting their chemistry, and you're putting something else in. Now, yeah, okay, let's say you do hit the nail on the head, and, and it is a zinc-phosphorus-type additives that are, are in there, and you got that right. Well, how much do you put in? I mean, it, it just, it's crazy because... If you're going to buy an oil, and people have asked, should I, should I? No, pay the money, buy a good oil, and be done with it. Don't, don't think even of an additive. Um, and, and there's other additives, too, that people uh, will get into that when uh, we talk about uh, lubricity and, and fuel conditioners and stuff like that. But I, I do want to bring one other thing uh, up pertaining to, to oils, um, and this is hydraulic oil as well as uh, engine oil uh, some major um, of farm machinery as well as construction equipment will mandate that you use their oil okay and well we can name brands on that John Deere's and Caterpillar have both yeah. been ones that and they do produce a very good oil but they're very much if you know if you're not running our oil you're voided your warranty end of story well Yes and no, and, and, and this is what I want to make you aware of. Now, number one, I don't expect that you would go running to your nearest red tractor dealer or green tractor dealer and say, give me, give me, give me, but this is something that I think you should take note of if you're going to negotiate a warranty and or a lease program with that company that mandates that you use their oil because I think it's negotiable, you know, based on this. And this comes from... Uh, this is a public law, 93-637, Federal Trade Improvement Act, uh, Section 102. 
and it's Act 15-USC-2301. So now we're just in the middle of the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and what it says is, and this is written in, in our... Uh, <laughs> Legalese. Yeah, exactly. Nor no warrantor of a consumer product may consider his written or implied warranty of such product on the consumer using in connection with such product any article or service other than article or service provided without charge under the terms of the warranty, which is identified by brand, trade, or corporation name. Now, in layman's terms that we can understand, uh, or at least I can, in other words, an implement dealer cannot require his brand of oil to be used for warranty purposes unless he furnishes the oil free of charge. However, the manufacturer can require an oil meeting criteria specifications such as uh, the oil spec, API, CE, SAE 30, um, that type of thing. And I understand where the red and green tractor companies are in, in Caterpillar are, are dictating this because you wouldn't want somebody to go out and then buy the yellow bucket syndrome from the auto parts or one of the farm stores and and put something that doesn't meet a specification um i, I get that i i totally totally no, get you that. got a lease you're expecting right. to come back and right. then have to resell it and you don't yeah. want to have to right wrench on it just put it back out there for sale because that just costs you even more money and and i'm running into that with um with even tractors and new new trucks um you know it it isn't the old s3 oil it's it's the extreme duty that that uh, it's got to meet that specification, and, and I get that. Um, and, and that's, again, you, you, if it meets a specification, it doesn't have to be mandated that you use their oil. Again, I don't think you should be running, you know, back to the red-green stores and yelling at them and say, give me free oil. But it's something negotiable, I think. Uh, if anybody wants a copy of that, they'd be more than happy to furnish you a copy of, of that. Um, you know, I, this law was written, not God knows when, but it's it's been around for a long time. Dealers don't probably know about, well, I know they don't, um, you know, the, with the mandating and stuff. But anyways, it just, again, I, something I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Little known fact, probably more information you ever wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I mean, I'm... We, we wanted to get into the technical stuff. Yep. This is stuff, you know, we're actually, believe it or not, actually interested in because it relates to what we do. Yeah. The, the flip side of that is, is your hydraulic oils. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spend as much time on that, um, thank God. Eh? Um, but there's a lot of oils out there that don't meet the spec. And we call it the yellow bucket syndrome. You can see it at your auto parts store. You can see it at your farm stores and so on and so forth. Um, and I was just in a farm store just recently, and I was looking, and it's funny because they've got the, the number 303, which used to be a, a John Deere yep. spec back in the 60s. And um, Yeah, because you have two, two schools for hydraulic fluid. Is, yeah. Of course, the IH Hytran or yep. substance like that, and the 303 John Deere. Yeah. and the, Then Ford had their own oddball one, too. Yeah, well, they all did. And, but I guess what I'm saying is, when you go to the farm store and you look at the yellow bucket or, or the auto parts store, look at the wordage. The wordage 
really doesn't say that it meets a specification that's called out for whatever tractor you're going to put it in. It says suggested and or. They got to play in words, but it really doesn't come down to. Um, with that, there's a lot of issues that have gone on with hydraulic oils. Matter of fact, there was a lawsuit on that 303 specific, or 303 on the yellow bucket, and um, they got sued pretty pretty heavy over a very expensive tractor. Um, what I'm going to tell you is there is a there is a, a stamp, and it doesn't matter who makes the oil. And this is authenticated. It's it's tractorlife.com, and tractorlife.com is an online magazine designed for farmers to help them achieve longer equipment of life. Um, they've developed a seal, and the hydraulic oil that's sent into them that meets a specification is got this. All the Sampico hydraulic oil has got that. And Similar to what you see on your engine oil, you know, is yeah. you yeah. have to have that. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's what two different seals, of course, at least uh, for that, you know. Right, right, but but again, this is this is authenticated, and there's a big difference between industrial hydraulic oil versus hydraulic oil in your uh, in in your tractors and and uh, trucks and stuff like that. So, anyways, that's uh, it's something to be aware of because let's face it, those five gallon buckets are cheap, but. So it's not very cheap to be replacing O-rings and seals and stuff like that in your no, tractors especially and start getting into the IHs or even a lot of the newer equipment where they've got hydrostatic transmissions. You know, yeah. where now you got pumps and motors right. that need a little bit more into it than what you are putting in it out yeah. of just uh, generic brand oil. Yep, and we at some Pico we carry the the regular multi-purpose hydraulic and wet brake oil. And we use a, also a low viscosity multi-grade. And then also we have a, a specialized uh, European uh, oil spec that meets the, um, the Deutz, which, which is a European uh, spec for, for their uh, hydraulics. Ah, they're oddball guys. We don't talk about them. But we carry oil for them. <laughs> and then, um, Hear that, Zach? We try to take care of you, buddy. And then we have some old oil specs for John Deere, the J20C and the J20A, and um, of course 303, which is a specialized oil. So, anyways, there's there's just a, a number of of options that that are that are there. But again, whether you're buying some Pico or you're buying someone else, make sure it has that seal because it meets uh, it meets a standard. And and I would suggest anybody on a farm. Go to tractorlife.com, and it'll tell you a lot of information pertaining to equipment and what you should use and what you, you shouldn't use. The other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, and um, cut me off if I'm talking too much. No, you're fine. Okay. It's fuel economy. Um, you know, and that's, there's a learning curve that's, that's, that's involved with that, and I'll talk about gasoline first uh, with the 10% ethanol. Nobody from the EPA sent any flyers out saying that, hey, uh, you know, tweak your uh, carburetor up a little bit because, uh, you know, it, you're going to burn valves and stuff with the lack of fuel. Uh, nobody, of not. nobody did that. And we've seen a lot of stock heads that came in here that were spark plug tractors. And, boy, we've seen uh, valve guides. And I've seen exhaust, especially on those um, 301 generation engines there. Number six, the exhaust valve, I've seen a hole burnt right in, in one. And a lot of it is just because of 
probably all oh, the intake design and that type of thing. But nevertheless, if you look at an owner's manual from, let's say, an 806 back in the day gas engine, it, it, it says right in the manual, 91 octane leaded. Yes. Wait, Correct. That's mild race gas today. I mean, it just is. And you're not going to put that in your 806. But nevertheless, I mean, these are these are some of the things that um, you, you need to either put a lead additive in your fuel. Um, I personally get that it's higher price, and I, I know everybody wouldn't want to do that, that um, recreation fuel, which is uh, no ethanol. And But again, I've got, you know, a couple restored tractors, and they sit around. Um, fact is, gasoline with ethanol has got about a three-month um Three month storage uh, shelf life, really. Yeah. Um, yep. Anything after that? We run that? into that with the chainsaws. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I use airplane gas on them for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we exactly. run yep. 100 octane low lead. Yeah. Yep. We we sell an additive that uh, that basically helps with the storage. It's a stabilizer. It's called GasaCleanse, and it 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 should it helps out in in that regards of of storage, but. Uh, the other, the other end of it is is um, your diesel fuels. Um, how many times have you gone to a, a filling station and seen uh, what the cetane was publicly put on on the pump? Uh, I've seen I've it. I've never seen never. it. I, I seen it one time, and I don't know what gas station it was. I seen it one time in a in a twelve year period. I, I you just don't. And and the cetane is a little different. When they did their EPA mileage, uh, it, the cetane was about 50. Um, that isn't what you buy at the pump today. Uh, it's about 42 on an average, depending if it comes from Marathon, Detroit, or Sarnia. And there may be some other places that I'm not aware of, but um, that's about where the testing is, is at at the fuel distributors is about 42 cetane. Um is that okay for your your everyday fuel? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, you take my ninety nine though. I mean, let's talk about lubricity. Lubricity is, it's a shame you've got to buy an additive to actually to add the lubricity because of yeah, the sulfur we, that was taken out. We've was, heard it for years, putting two yep. stroke oil in or whatever. Just try let's to get talk something. about that. Um, let, let's let's think about that. Okay, we're we're gonna take the two stroke oil will probably be a a, a a peg above automatic transmission. ATF, fluid. that was the other one I was going to mention. Let's think about ATF. Okay, it's made for your transmission not to burn. Correct. You're actually going to adjust your your timing. You're going to retard it a little bit in your injector pump. Not so much the injector pump, but it may offer lubricity. But now that 42 cetane, now you've just... You've added to you it. Reduce that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even there, and now you're putting an additive that's not supposed to burn. Hello. I mean, think about that. <laughs> Just hello. <laughs> that's that's not not a, a good thing. We. What I do with mine is I'll go buy a bottle with a white label with a red and white logo that we announced at their raceway, and put that in. You know. Yep. Yep. It, anything is is better. Um, than nothing but something I, actually designed for that purpose you know yeah yeah exactly um we sell a, not only the anti-gel but which in the winter which time people from florida are going what are you talking about with gelling i know i know <laughs> well it must be nice you don't have to worry about winter fuel and summer fuel 
Yeah, and well, sometimes you do. There's a trucking company that actually uh, buys uh, additive by the court, and they they uh, they actually um, put it in their trucks because in the winter time they're down in Florida. Now, when they get fuel down in Florida, um, there is no winter treatment. So when they're heading north, it's not unusual for them to gel up somewhere north of Kentucky, sometimes Ohio or whatever. They're on the side of the road gelled up. And that's where, you know, carrying an additive, um, you know, they put it in for anti-gel. But um, we have we have some fuel additive. And, and let's talk about that. If, if, if there's a percentage of mile, and let's say a delivery truck isn't totally cleaned out, but it's got a, a little bit of bile. Um, bile will generate algae in, in a seven-month period on oh, a, yeah. in a tank uh, in the sunshine above the ground. Okay, um, That's a fact. It, it just will. And you There's need lots of farmers to, who discovered that the hard way with yeah. having to do yes. filter changes because right. you yep. know, they got yep. green plant life growing in their filters. Right. Yep, yep. And these are worse. They're pumps. Well, you got off-road in there. It's red. No, that's just the algae. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's green. <laughs> Purple Anyways, fuel? I, I, did a, I did an analysis, and this was, um, actually it was for five drivers in a trucking company that uh, over 11-month period, they used, uh, oh, what did they use? They used, um, they used 100,000 gallons in an 11th month and with that okay uh, i'm doing the math right now going yep nope not starting a trucking company <laughs> all right but anyways over 11 month period and this was 2012 they spent um four hundred thousand dollars on and and at that time let's think about it fuel was about four dollars a gallon uh then and i'm sure they got it a lot cheaper because of the volume but for figuring purposes that was 100,000 gallons. And if you got six miles to a gallon, that represented 600,000 miles. Now, with a additive, Sempico, we claim that we can get a 3% increase, which isn't very much on six, six miles to a gallon, like on a Michigan Special. And that's, that's doing good. I, some are 4.5 miles to a gallon. Yeah, you got a set of trains behind you. You're not thinking no. about right. fuel economy. That's but. correct. No. Right. And and this was especially machinery. the guys out there with the large cars now, yeah. You know, super trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And this this particular company was delivering equipment, so they were on the road and and not probably like super trains. But anyways, so if you looked at a three percent increase, that was eighteen thousand miles on the six hundred thousand miles. And if they got if they got six miles to a gallon, that equated to 3,000 gallons times, at that time, fuel was $4 a gallon. $12,000. It was. And then what did it cost to save $12,000? It was 2500 So they had a net savings of 9500 in an 11-month period of um, additive. That would, that that would cover my quarterly beer expense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it... it Three percent isn't much when you're not getting a lot of mileage, but nevertheless, it, it adds up over eleven month. In this case, it was eleven month, so it just goes to show you there there is something to be said. And last but not least is uh, grease. And uh, I'm not talking about the show grease. I'm talking about 
grease. And no, we're talking about something that contractors up here know a lot about is in the winter cycling your equipment because, well, the joints are a little stiff, kind of like us. <laughs> yeah. Got some on my hands from this morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grease? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'd mount the belly mower on the tractor. and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you actually pull out the grease gun? I didn't have to. It was still slathered up from whoever <laughs> attacked it last fall. I have a mechanism that's called, uh, it's specially made for testing grease, and it's called the rat trap. And it's basically, oh, really? Yeah. And um, I, I love to play with it, especially it's somebody that thinks their grease is great. And sometimes it is, and, and, and that's fine, because that's what testing is all about. You know, what what are you paying, and is it adequate for what you're using and that type of thing. But it has a open-ended uh, plexiglass cylinder that protects your shirt from uh, splatter. And if I if if they're really you know getting smart with me, I say, hey, if you really trust your grease, let's not put this in. And you stand on that side where your grease is, and um, we let the rat trap go. And sometimes they have a splattered shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's it's funny because um, the the test does two things. It's an impact uh, test on on the grease, and when you pull the two parts metal parts apart that impact uh you'll see the stringing and the stringiness is is tack and tack is uh, something that is i think very necessary in most applications of grease that hang into your bearings and in your pins and and that type it keeps of it there yeah, i mean a does. simple test for that is if you don't um, have that just put, put it, it down between, between your, your fingers and Correct. see how long the string you can get with it yeah yeah i know i ran into some uh when I was in Wisconsin last year, that I was literally four feet from the tube, and I still had a string running yeah. from the tube to my fingers. I'm going, holy cow, this is amazing stuff. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's where where you want to go. Actually, I had a hard time wiping it off because the string just kept wrapping around everything. You know, think of like a spider web stuck on yeah. your finger. You know. Yep. It's it it's amazing. Um, and and if you go to let's say a farm store. I like to go there where there's not many people around and bring a rag with me and then open the little end. The and, excitement and, in Ed Schubert's life. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my fingers. So next time you're in the metropolitan Detroit farm stores and you see some dabs <laughs> missing out of the end of your tube of grease. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of amazing. But um, we, we sell a, a general purpose farm grease and it's called a syntho and it's red in color and it's tacky and it holds in there. I sell quite a bit of it. And then um, we use a winter syntho, which is it's got good pumpability in the winter time, even with uh, below um, below zero temperatures and and that type of thing. And then um, there's a mega molly grease, and and that that's more formulated for um, let's say a pin and and a sleeve because of the coarseness of it. It just um, it, it allows the, the grease to hold in there a lot better. And then we've got a uh, um, a double-duty pressure lube, and that, that you could use in wheel bearings. And a lot of construction companies, as well as a lot of the newer, bigger farm machinery, has gone to that because of just the bigness of it. And that, that is a, a roller-bearing type um, grease that, that hangs in there really, really good. It's amazing because new customers that have tried that, and a lot of times well, I had a trucking company that I, I gave them a couple tubes, and a day later they called and ordered cases, and now they're getting every 
probably every two weeks they're getting a, a two cases. Then I deliver well, to them. Well, they got operators who know how to grease. Well, at that particular place, it's it's condition of employment. If you don't grease your equipment in the morning or your truck, you don't have a job there. At, nice. That's, that's, that's yeah. There yeah. was places, as a mechanic, I appreciate. There that. were places yeah. I worked where you were paid a half yeah. hour extra every day, yeah. and it was your choice if you wanted to come in early and do it in the morning or stay late and do it at night. Yep. But yep. you were gonna you were paid a half hour grease time. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's that that's good. At that particular place, um, they have a folder on every piece of equipment they've got with oil testing and um, drivetrain testing, you know, oil samples and everything. Uh, they they do that and they analyze how much is this worn out piece of equipment costing me and should I get rid of it and yeah. replace it and that type of and thing. Not only so, that, on the flip side, now you've got a great data log that you go to sell the piece of equipment. You correct. go and look yeah. at this and how maintained this thing yeah. was. You no, know? That's, that's correct. We also have a... Aqua Lube. Um, I do sell that to um, Mount Holly, actually, um, over there in Oakland County. Um, they use it on their chairlifts, and and they use it because they're I was thinking the, more boats, but <laughs> well, I also sell it to a dredger over uh, near Lake St. Clair, and uh, they use it underwater. And um, I also used it on uh, or sold it to um, uh, a farm that that sells uh, pumpkins and um, or raises pumpkins and squash. So it's, muddy, wet conditions. Well, no, I. it's for actually their wash line. Um, oh, okay. They, ever since it's going on three years, they've never lost a bearing after that. Um, knock on wood. Maybe this year they will, but um, they were losing bearings on a regular basis. But it's kind of funny on the chairlift thing at Mount Holly, um, their snow guns blow the snow right past all the bearings in the chairlifts when people aren't there. And there was a, a great penetration of moisture that was getting in and they they use this on a on a regular regular basis and it, it it seems to work well they quite a few it's really crazy because this is the time of year they're pumping those things full so the exposure to the rain and everything else i would think that they would be greasing them up like in october or november getting ready for the snow but no nope, no they do in the thing. spring yeah hmm. a lot better time yep. to be out there on the hill greasing so anyways i think that pretty much covers it outside of some gear lube um but i'm not probably going to get into that so much uh, we have the gear lubes of various kinds uh one two three four five six seven we have nine different ones that meet all the specs um including in world we're seeing some chain that. lube which is what you and i can relate to yep. you know fifth wheel grease air compressor oil like you said the steam engine stuff you know milking machine oil if you need a lube if they don't have it, you actually really don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's where they, some Pico's been expanding, you know, in, in some of the, especially the engine oils because of the, the specifications changing and so on and so forth. So their feeling is if we're going to represent lubrication at a farm, we need to cover all bases, whether that be don't believe in synthetics, but we offer it because we have to. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, if it meets a specification, we sell it, and uh, it should be a one-stop shop. So, anyways, so that's that's it. In a nutshell, uh, I'm sure that uh, I've said more about lubrication <laughs> than you ever <laughs> wanted to know. There's only one topic you didn't cover, but we're trying. Well, 
KY's got that one pretty well under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we're no longer a show that really cares, but <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. You, you, you just threw me off my stool. Yeah. Reminds me, I do need some fifth wheel grease, but. <laughs> so with that we're gonna take a break here uh digest all our information we got because this is what we were looking for for a while is some uh good nitty-gritty technical stuff and if you don't like it tough shit (laughs) but uh this is sidetrack powered by dirty hooker diesel on pulling radio network Polar Air Compressor since 1977 is your factory direct source for quiet industrial piston compressors from 3 to 25 horsepower, rotary screw compressors from 5 to 400 horsepower, refrigerated air dryers, and a full line of parts and service. Find Polar Air at EatonCompressor.com or call toll-free at 877-283-7614. That's 877-283-7614. Also, make sure to check us out on Facebook. Welcome back to Sidetracked on the Pulling Radio Network, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel. That's right. Yeah, we listen to Nickelback. Fucking deal with it. And we rock out. I don't give a fuck. Hell yeah. Oh, you're too cool for Nickelback? And stop fucking listening to us. <laughs> All right. Time to get mean. Yeah, it's fucking rant time, isn't it? It's rant time. I could tee off on a lot of different subjects right now. You had one that uh, occurred out there that's a recurrent theme from uh, about two weeks ago. The post-UCC subject. Fuck that. Oh, all right. Wait, what What were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just been a lot of beer between here and there. Uh I mean, a lot of beer. That's a problem. No, I've got it pretty well figured out. When I get to the bottom of the can, I grab another one. Wait, are you talking fans that are idiots? Oh, yeah. Oh, even better yet. I know I've got my own. I've got a couple beasts out there right now, but I'm going to let the one lie just because. Yeah, I'm trying to be a bigger person for a change. Oh. Yeah. I'm not the one living in the cheap sheet seats. Well, on the other hand. Finish him. <laughs> no, we'll see how far they want to go with it. Okay, so uh, you're so important, you need to be right down trackside, and then when somebody throws their clutch through the side of the vehicle, you're the one who's going to get hit and wants to sue, huh? You need to be closer than everybody else? You're so self-important with your cell phone out? Actually, I am. 
You are. You're paid to. Yeah. I get paid to stay on the line of fire. Which reminds me, are we going to get combat pay yet? Uh, hasn't happened yet. Fuck it. I'd do it for free, so that's beside the point. Yeah. Hello, motherfucker. <laughs> that's the best one ever. <laughs> I almost wish we did this on Fridays. Because you know what would be, be played. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it needs to be about 20% cooler. <laughs> well, tough shit. <coughs> Marlboro. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say when I burp. I always say beer. Now when I cough, I'm just going to say Marlboro. Because <laughs> Philip Morris is a little too long to try to get it out in one hack. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Anyway, so enlighten us about the idiots and what's really well, it's, scraping your ass right now. Once again, we're back to the insurance problem and the fact that we've got to spend money to protect ourselves from your litigious, stupid, self-absorbed ass. God forbid you actually go to the poll and enjoy it, see it for yourself rather than broadcast it to everybody, you know, because Lord knows your stream's better than anybody else's. That's, you know. I take it you talked with our insurance agent the other day. No, I didn't. No, I haven't seen him. I uh, figured you might have saw the bottom line and what it's going to take to protect us from idiots. No, but another guy did. Uh, I did talk to on Saturday, and he he fired me back up. Yeah, who was that? That guy who lives in southern Michigan that likes Don Schumacher racing. Oh, oh, that guy's building a two five truck. Yeah, yeah, him. I I can't wait till he buys that super farm chassis. He's been pricing out from Ace. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, it's you know it's getting to the point where every damn show we got to back people up, and it's you know you're you're wrecking the view for everybody else. You're putting yourselves at risk. We assume the risk and sign paperwork saying it's okay. Yeah, and that you know we're we're assuming that for ourselves. You haven't, and it's all it's going to take is one bad accident uh, to wreck it for everybody. You know. I actually went back and I did a little bit of investigation on this. There's footage out there. It it goes back a while. I'm going to say probably seven or eight years ago to an economy mod that had a slipping clutch and it exploded. Got through the blanket, blew the hood apart. The hood was welded. You know, there was it was extended. It was a farm all hood, but it was lengthened. Hear that? I hear a work stock puller. I, yeah, I do. And it blew apart. And if that was that's it was filmed back before the days of the really you know the nice HD sixty frame per second cameras. So I know it was filmed in thirty frames per second. And you can get some pretty close estimates on distances travel. You slow it down frame by frame and start doing some mathematics. You start finding out that chunks of metal, after clearing safety devices, are still exploding outwards at one hundred and eighty-two miles per hour. You did the math on this. I did do the math on this. There's something fucked up in your head. Yeah, well, but I did do the math on this. You're not getting out of the way. And in the case of this particular incident, yes, some did get into the crowd and a woman's leg was broken by a piece of clutch. And we see it every pull. These people out there, the only thing they're looking at is a piece of plastic and silicone that's about 18 inches in front of their nose. They're not paying any damn attention to what's actually going on in the pole. One of these things is going to blow up and kill one of you stupid fuckers. And then it's going to be all over. I had that original center, actually, a street semi. Street semi, mind you. These are supposed to be bone stock semis. They're just tuned up, but still able to use every day. You know, not dedicated pullers, 
nothing of the sort. And that's where the real danger comes from. It's not the NTPA guys who are out there. You know, yes, there's it a known happen, danger. But... But it's the guys who don't run all the time that are presenting the biggest hazard because there's no known there. There's so many unknown variables. It's scary. Truck, semi-truck, semi-truck, 100 foot off the line, shit cans the clutch out the bottom and blows the trans off and chunks go flying out of there. So what Andrew have to do, he had to walk the concrete blocks, tell everybody get your legs off from the one side of the blocks and get back into the stands where there was plenty of space to sit. And watch the show. You know, light off. This is a fucking rant. This is your job. Yeah, it's you know the smartphones. Let let's face it. For you and I, it's a very central to how we make our living. But man, have they just ruined so much shit. People used to sit in stands when I used to go to a poll. And this is back. You know, I don't know. Tinder's pretty amazing. I don't know what you and Adam do when I'm not around. No, Adam's on Grinder. Oh. How do you think him and Ray met? Unsubscribe. How do you think him and Ray met? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Where was I? Oh, yeah. When I used to video polls, you know, probably 15 years ago on a consistent basis, we had optical zoom, not digital. So I wanted to sit fairly high up in the stands because... I needed to find a crossover point between the servo speed and how fast it could actually change the zoom and still be close enough for best possible shot. But there really wasn't digital zoom. It was only it was optical, one-to-one. You, you want to talk about high-def optical, bitches. But, uh, you know, it was... Yeah, you wanted to actually sit in the stands to view an event. Now, because of these fucking boxes everybody holds in front of their face, you know, everybody wants to be more than... Closer than the chalk line. And you mean I can't a, sit on the weight bracket and just go down the track on the tractor for the pass? No, I, I, I don't think so. <clears throat> but I saw it in a movie once. It's perfectly safe. There's a lot of things in the movies. A lot of things in the movies. Yeah, like porns. Trust me, that's not real life. Just ask my wife. No. <laughs> You're right, you know. We can hear the evidence of Sam. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. No, I'm getting tired of the idiots, and I'm also getting tired of uh, the people that want to run their mouth. If you got a problem with me, you know how to get a hold of me. It's not that hard. I'm seriously, I'm tired of it. You want to talk shit, talk shit. But call me up, and uh, we'll hash it out man to man. If you want to just hide behind a Facebook and shit talk me or come up here and shit talk to me to my friends, that's fine. But man up and talk to me. I'll talk to you. I I don't give a fuck. I I have no problem. No problem talking think something no. But you want to sit there and talk shit and act like you're a badass behind a Facebook screen? That's fine. I'm still the one trackside down doing the work. Yep. I'm not gonna name names on it. No, it's you know, you can be a you know, it's you know it's pretty common. Monday morning quarterback it. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, and by the way, for those of you who say I will never get hired back for UCC. Too late. As of Friday night at UCC, we were hired back for next year. So, uh, lick my left nut. I, that's as diplomatic as I can put it. 
without just coming after somebody, and I'm not going to do that. But it, it's gotten to the point it's actually starting to irk me a little bit, especially when I find out you're coming up here and run your mouth to my friends. If you want to bullshit, run my name in the dirt to your friends, that's fine. I don't care. I don't know your stay friends anyway. Stay out of anyway. your fucking face. Just stay out of my playground. No, it's fine. Whatever. We, you know, it's, we put the target on our back, so go ahead. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Yep. What else? You got anything? I need more beer. This is sidetracked on the Pulling Radio Network. I think so much about you all. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.